Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 65 is entitled Tyranny of Conscience. If it surprises you that atheism is a religion, think back on their tactics. Atheism has apostles every bit as committed as Paul. Before Damascus, Paul, who sought the death of Christians, followed the traditions of his fathers. After Damascus, Paul followed the revelations of Christ and sought to win souls for Christ. In both cases, Paul followed his conscience. Even terrorists are ruled by conscience. That begs the question, what is conscience? We assume that the purpose of conscience is to teach us right from wrong. That is a fallacy. The Spirit of God alone teaches us right from wrong. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Truth. If we do not have the Spirit of God in us, then we have no light. If we have no light, then truth is darkness. Conscience is not a light unto itself. It follows us tenaciously, whether we walk in the light or stumble in the darkness. Free will is the ability to follow our wants and desires. Whereas will is inherent in our intelligence, free will is dependent upon the laws of God whether natural laws or spiritual laws. Free will is a free gift of God to all of his children. Because of agency, God allows us to choose what laws we will obey and what laws we will reject. Freedom is the ability to choose among many choices. Knowledge is at the core of freedom. Some choices have a moral component. Some choices do not. Freedom is relative. Some freedoms rely upon availability or resources. Some freedoms rely upon skills, age, knowledge, or abilities. Some freedoms rely upon knowledge of man-made laws. Some freedoms rely upon knowledge of the laws of God. And some freedoms rely upon knowledge of the laws of nature. Agency is the ability to choose good or evil, right or wrong, moral or immoral, based upon knowledge of the laws of God. The more we understand the laws of God is taught in the Holy Scriptures, the greater is our agency. Good and evil are absolutes. They never change regardless of the change in philosophies, opinions, or perceptions of man. The perceptions of man are as the sands of the sea. They ebb and flow with the tides of time. Truth is absolute. Truth is equivalent to light and remains the same. As with freedom, agency requires knowledge, particularly knowledge of the laws of God. Agency also requires wisdom, which comes from experience. Agency also requires the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Christ. Agency, which deals entirely with absolutes, requires knowledge, wisdom, light, and truth. So, what is conscience? Where does conscience come from? Whose conscience do we follow? Recently, the governor of one state asked the people to boycott a fast food chain called Chick-fil-A because the governor disagreed with the Christian philosophy of its founder. The conscience of the governor wanted to rule the conscience of an entire state. He wanted to control the conscience of millions of people and to not only punish the offending business, but also to punish those who could have received new jobs, punish those who agreed with the Christian philosophy, and punish those who simply liked the food. Well, did Paul say, why should my liberty be judged of another man's conscience? In another episode, a leader of a major city wanted to prevent Chick-fil-A from coming to his city because, said he, Chick-fil-A does not represent our values. 
The president of Chick-fil-A is a Christian and upholds traditional marriage, formerly called family values. The age-old idea that marriage should only be between a man and a woman. It is Christianity that is being banned. Conscience, then, is not an indicator of what is right or wrong, good or evil, moral or immoral. Conscience is an indicator of man's perceptions of what is right or wrong, good or evil, moral or immoral. It must be so, or agency could not exist. Some think that God governs conscience. God governs right or wrong, good or evil, just or unjust, moral or immoral. We govern conscience. Do not misunderstand me. Conscience is a gift of God. Without conscience, life on earth would be intolerable. But God is not a dictator. There are three attributes of God that are easily overlooked. One, God protects our freedom and our agency. Two, all laws of God increase freedom and agency. And three, God gave us agency that we may choose good or evil, right or wrong, moral or immoral. To put it another way, God governs conscience in those who seek truth. Satan governs conscience in those who seek their own way. Conscience accommodates agency, or we could not be responsible for our own behavior. God does not control our conscience. Conscience is governed by our perceptions of right and wrong, good and evil, moral and immoral. If we seek truth, our perceptions will be in harmony with the will of God. When we deviate from our perceptions of good and evil, our conscience will urge us to repent and get back on the straight and narrow path. In those who seek truth, conscience is guided by the Holy Ghost. If we follow the lies of Satan, then conscience will urge us to remain on the crooked path. In those who seek lies, conscience is guided by Satan. It is no more complicated than that. Conscience has no problem leading us cheerfully down to hell, laughing all the way. Many terrorists have committed murder by following their conscience. At the judgment bar, you will be judged by your works, not by your conscience. As I have said many times before, Paradox is a close companion to Christianity because of our dual natures. We are a natural man and we are a spiritual man. We have a mortal body and an immortal spirit. The natural man tries to drag us down to hell. The spiritual man tries to turn our hearts to God. They are in constant conflict. Is conscience akin to the natural man or to the spiritual man? The answer to that depends upon us. Do we follow the natural man? Or do we follow the spiritual man? However, we must understand that conscience itself is spiritual and listens to the spirit within. If that spirit is good, conscience will be a reliable guide and lead us to good. If that spirit is evil, then conscience will be a fearful guide and lead us to evil. A good conscience will lead us to truth and freedom. An evil conscience will lead us to lies and captivity. Conscience, being spiritual, follows us after death. It will remain active in death. Now here's the grand paradox. Keep in mind that conscience relies upon our perceptions of truth. The purpose of conscience is to provoke us into following our perceptions of truth. The greatest thing we can do on earth is to search for truth and to follow our conscience. The secret to a reliable conscience is truth. The secret to a peaceful conscience is obedience to the laws of God. The secret to assuaging an easy conscience is to repent and align our behavior with the revealed Word of God. Mortality is the only place where we can turn our conscience upside down through self-deceit, but it will always be a sleeping tiger. Only on earth may we, as Paul says, sear our conscience with a hot iron. 
and thwart its purpose. What happens when our perceptions of truth change? More to the point, what happens when all lies are laid bare and even the most wicked recognize truth? In the hereafter, if your conscience is judged by the law of mercy, your conscience will be at peace. If you rejected Christ when you had the opportunity, whether here or hereafter, to call upon his grace, then mercy will be quiet, and your conscience will be faced only with the raw law of justice. Justice is a searing light that reveals all our sins and awakens the sleeping tiger. The tiger will then tear into us with its claws and will not let go until we have paid the price for all our sins. In the words of Christ, we will not be released until we have paid the uttermost farthing. What is conscience then? Conscience is of the spirit, not of the body. That which you lull to sleep on mortal earth will become lively when confronted with raw truth, and that will be your hell. A spirited sense of your own guilt, an animated recognition of truth, a certain knowledge that you were lulled away into carnal security while on earth. The fire of Gehenna will be nothing to a burning conscience, for it is a fire that does not go out except through the atoning sacrifice of the only begotten Son of God. Christ can do nothing for those who willfully reject him. He cannot violate our agency, ever. Therefore, justice has its claim, and justice is unmerciful, and exacts full the full penalty of the law. On earth, we may trick our conscience into calling good evil and evil good. In the face of justice, there is no dissembling. As Shakespeare said, things lie in their true nature. The scriptures vividly describe hell by using language that we all understand. Some believe in a literal fire. Why argue when the pain is the same? Logically, perhaps, we must consider the fact that we will be immortal spirits and physical fire will have no effect on us. We could walk through a flame without being burned, whereas we cannot escape a fiery conscience. A perfect knowledge of guilt will be worse than a burning flame, for it will reveal all of our faults. It will reveal not only our acts, but the far-reaching consequences of our sins. The suffering of others caused by our sins will be on our heads. The days of dissembling will be over, and we will be naked before the all-seeing eye of justice. It will be like a lake of fire and brimstone. That is what John the Revelator means in Revelation 20. And I saw a great white horse, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Because of agency, if we do not call upon Christ when we can, the blood of Christ can do nothing for us until we fully satisfy the law of justice. Hell will be a vivid sense of our own guilt, and that will be worse than fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone go out when the fuel is spent. Conscience remains until justice is satisfied. Only then are the claws of the tiger retracted, and mercy may have its claim. However, just as a lively conscience is hell, a peaceful conscience is heaven. After we have satisfied the law of justice, 
we are resurrected and brought to stand before the judgment bar of Christ, where he will reward us for our works. The mercy of Christ is infinite. On the one hand, we will see the far-reaching consequences of our sins. On the other hand, we will see the far-reaching consequences of our good works. Satan and his angels are sons of perdition and remain in hell forever, but only a few mortals deserve such punishment as that. Once one has paid for all of his sins and has satisfied the law of justice, Christ, who has the keys of death and hell, releases him from prison and rewards him for whatever good works he did in this life. Such individuals will not live where Christ lives, but they won't live in hell forever either. As Paul said, there is one glory of the sun, where Christ dwells, one glory of the moon, and one glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory, so also is the resurrection of the dead. If conscience then acts upon our perceptions of good and evil, rather than the absolute laws that govern good and evil, how can a democratic republic stand? A better question is, how can a democratic republic fall? Because that is what is happening today. We are losing our liberty today, not because Americans do not have a conscience. Every day someone's conscience shouts from the airwaves, from social media, from ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. Truth, however, is dead. We cannot listen to the news today without hearing the propaganda of someone's offended conscience. Whenever I listen to the news, which is rarely, as it is so filled with redundancy, I am reminded of Paul's words. Why should my liberty be judged of another man's conscience? We are losing our liberty today because a majority of Americans are turning away from the Ten Commandments, upon which our laws were based, and turning toward political correctness, which is replacing the Beatitudes and the Ten Commandments as the law of liberty. God may be dead for some in America, but religion is alive in the most deviant. We have preachers, not reporters, giving us the news. They tell us what to think, what to believe, whom to love, whom to hate, whom to worship, how to worship, where to give our charity. They have become the judges of public morality, and they punish any sinner who dares to disagree with their liberal opinions. There are many voices and many gods today. Even social media dictates what is moral and what is immoral, whose propaganda they will repent and whose propaganda they will not print. I would rather listen to the gabbling of a gaggle of geese than endure the lies and nonsense of the newscasters and social media. For me, there is only one law of liberty, and that is the Ten Commandments. James 2 said, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. James 2, 10-12 James also speaks of a higher law of liberty, which he calls the perfect law of liberty. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if there be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. James 1.21-25 A recognition of consequences awakens conscience. Disregard moral consequences and conscience may be lulled into a stupor. A free society begins to self-destruct when its laws are not based on the absolute truths of God and when it fails to hold people accountable for their actions. On earth, those who sin observe the act, often rejoicing in it. But if unrepentant, in hell they will come face to face with absolute truth and observe not only their behavior, but the suffering caused by their actions. An evil act on earth seems but a moment, such as theft, rape, robbery, blackmail, or murder. But consequences string out into eternity, and justice demands recompense for every injury. Unless sinners repent while they can, justice will reveal every evil act and their multitudinous consequences, and each extracted teardrop from a victim's perforated eyes will strike like a serpent's poisonous fang upon a raw and tormented conscience. That will be the endless horror of hell causing them to beg for extinction. A peaceful conscience occurs when the Holy Ghost rests peacefully in our hearts. Of the many gifts of God, can any be greater than the gift of the Holy Ghost? We read in Acts 10, On the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. If man wants to find peace in this life, he must search for truth and govern his conscience by spiritual law, taught by the words of Christ. If we want our liberty back, we must turn back to the law of liberty. Only when the laws of man are in harmony with the laws of God can man have true liberty. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.